Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Thursday July the 1st, we are in the month of July, and we head into the month of July of another Phillies loss, a classic Phillies loss, a lead, the bullpen blows it, Nola blows it, everyone blows it, just a classic Phillies loss to the Marlins at home, you know, just what we've sadly become accustomed to over the last few years with this team, and man, just a disappointing team, and we'll get into it, I want to talk Girardi, I want to talk Dombrowski, I want to look ahead, I am off tomorrow and uh, and early next week, back on Thursday of next week, so so no shows over uh, July 4th, over the weekend and all that, and then heading into next week. So, you know, the next time we talk, we're going to be approaching the All-Star break, and a Phillies team that continues to find uh, in no way to, to get themselves really into the race in any meaningful way. They're five back of the Mets right now, three back. Of the Nats who are in second place, half game of the uh, by the Braves who are in front of them. And, uh, you know, there's just a team that can't seem to put it together, man. I mean, just constant disappointment from this team. And, man, I can't believe we're back. I can't believe we're back in 2020. We're back with one of the worst bullpens in baseball and, and on its way to feeling historically bad again. Just, it feels like every night. And, and even the ones they win, like, two nights ago, you know, it's it's... In spite of the bullpen, it's because the bullpen barely hangs on to a game. You know, you get good starting pitching, and and last night wasn't that case, but you get good starting pitching, and then it's just, you know, they lose it. It's just, they're not a fun team to watch. I mean, they're not. You know, uh, I talked a lot after last season or during last season about how there are a few things worse with a baseball team than having a, a horrible bullpen in the sense that no matter what's happening in the game, no matter where it is, it, it could be eight to nothing. You know, no matter what it is, you just always feel like it's going to get frittered away. And it doesn't always get frittered away, but a lot of times it does. And it's just not fun to watch a baseball game like that. It's just, you know, a constant sense of dread, you know, at this existential dread that is pouring in on you at all times. And that's just a less than ideal way for your baseball team to play baseball. So, uh, look, we'll get into last night, and then I want to talk to Girardi and, and Dombrowski, but last night, just another, another of these types of games. You know, another classic Phillies loss. The Phillies get out in front. Uh, they, they go down one nothing in the second to Joe Panic homer, homer in his first to Baz Marlon. But then they, they get at it in the second inning. Bryce Harper hits his first of two homers in this game. Can't rip Bryce for last night. Uh, Nicky Maton, RBI triple, two-run triple, three-run, had runners on second and third, able to triple... Two of them in, and then an O'Double sacrifice five scores Maton, and all of a sudden it's four to one. It's like okay, all right, boys. Nola on the hill, four to one. Nola gives up another homer in the fourth, four to two. No biggie. 
because they get it right back in the fifth, the Gene Segura RBI single. After Segura made an error the inning before, and it was a bad one. Didn't lead to runs, luckily, but um, Segura with an error. Um, this team constantly making errors. It's what they do. They had two more last night, unbelievably. Uh, Segura 5-2, and then after what seemingly dealing, like gave up the homers, but Nola had 11 strikeouts through four and two-thirds, and then just falls apart. And the Marlins... Have a fifth inning. Marlins go nuts in the fifth, to be exact. Six runs in the fifth inning. An RBI single, another RBI single, another RBI single, another RBI single, an RBI double. Boom. Day five. All of a sudden, Nola. Final line, four and two-thirds, nine hits. Seven runs, all earned, 11 strikeouts. But Nola left the game at tie game 5-5, and, and who does Joe Girardi go to? And now, to be fair, Ranger Suarez did hurt his back prior to the game, um, so he was unavailable. That's the guy who, who Girardi says he would have gone to, but he wasn't there. And, and who do you use again? Really? Neftali Felice again? Really? The guy who hasn't pitched in the majors since 2017, his first two outings are in these massive high-leverage situations? Really? Really, Joe? And look, I know. Uh, oh, well, let's get to Jordi a sec. So anyway, Neftali Feliz gives it up. Then Hector Neris gets beat up, and, and the game's over. And it doesn't even matter what happens after that, as it's 11-6. Harper adds another homer, two two homers for Harper last night. Um, as now Harper up to 13 on the season, 13 solo home runs, which is... I don't ever remember that. I'm sure it's happened before, but but a player starting a season off with 13 straight solo home runs, I, I honestly don't remember that happening um, to a Philly. Um, but Bryce Harper's done it, and no one's on base for him. You know, it's I don't, I don't know what to say. Look, let's get to Girardi, because last night, just another example of a guy with no feel, a guy with no touch, a guy who seems to have no handle on his team, on which pitchers to use in which situations, on how to get his guys on a roll, how to get his guys to believe in themselves, how to get his guys to play sharp-type baseball. Look, this has been a theme all season long, and honestly, this is where I'm at. Phillies are 37-41. and We are three games away from the halfway point of the season. The next time we talk, we'll be into the second half of the season, and obviously heading into the All-Star break. Like, we're there, all right? We are, we are, it is real now. And... I honestly think, and I'm, I don't think this will happen, because you'd have to eat a lot of money. And, you know, John Middleton in the past has shown that he he isn't necessarily always willing to do that with Matt Klintak and whatnot. But I think Joe Girardi should be coaching for his job in the second half of the season. I mean, honestly, I don't think he's going to win it. I mean, like, my real thought is Joe Girardi should be gone at the end of the season. That's where I'm at right now with Joe Girardi. He's a bad manager. It's what it is. He is a bad manager, a bad baseball manager. He really is. I mean, geez, people thought it was bad with Gabe. This guy is way worse. I mean, his in-game decisions are baffling. Again, Neftali Felice had not pitched in the major leagues since 2017. He also had a 6 ERA in 2017 and a 5.48 ERA in 2016. So this guy has not been a, a legitimate pitcher in the major league since 2015. And look, I'm fine with reclamation projects. Neftali was awesome in the minors for the Phils. He was the best pitcher on their minor league team when, you know, pitching. He was great at like a one-something ERA. So like, bringing him up to the major league roster, sure, that's fine. 
You don't bring him into two straight high leverage spots. I know you don't always get choices. But two straight? This guy isn't pitching. Give him a chance to get his feet wet. I mean, that's basic managing. Basic. And look, I know that there are not many guys in this bullpen that are getting outs right now. So I get it. And same thing last year. Like, at a certain point, you look at the players and say the players stink. And now we'll get to Dombrowski. certain point, you say, all right, this bullpen is just not good. Which it's not. But man, <laughs> the amount of times that Girardi has made the run. I mean, how many times have we seen David Hale come into a high-leverage spot? I mean, he's not even on the team anymore. That should tell you. And shouldn't have been on the team for like a month plus before. There should have never been on the team for me in real, but ultimately. But kept bringing him in high-leverage spots over and over and over again. And this whole like, this guy can't pitch because he pitched yesterday stuff. Like, what is that? Like, this team is floundering. You need guys who can get outs. And I get it. You don't have a lot of them. That's damn clear with this team. But Girardi's usage of these guys has been a flat-out disaster. The guy feels like he just has no feel for baseball or for his team. Such like a lifeless manager. I mean, when has this team shown fight? When has this team shown gumption? When has this team made you feel like they play smart, sharp baseball? Like, again, all right, I, again... I understand on a basic level, basic level, baseball managers don't have the biggest impact. They have an impact, but not the biggest impact. Like on a basic level, players need to play. Players need to make plays. That is the basic level that a baseball team needs to succeed at. I get it. But a manager does have an impact. And throughout this season and last season, particularly this season, we have seen Girardi's impact be a flat-out negative one. I mean, how many things can you think of just off the top of your head? You know, the Zach Wheeler having to take him out because he came out not knowing the rules, coming out twice in the mound visit. The Eniel De Los Santos can't be brought into a game because he's not on the lineup card? What? Really, Joe? How about that? Again, the, I don't know, 10 times we saw David Hale come into an important baseball game in an important spot? Bringing Neftali Feliz in to, to two super high leverage spots for his two first outings since 2017. On and on and on and on and on. I mean, a million different bullpen things. How about the fact that this team plays no sharp defense? No, like, not a sharp baseball team. Like, the amount of mental errors we have seen this season are through the roof. Whether it's base running errors, whether it's lack of attention errors, the the, the Reese Hoskins, Nick Maton thing where... where uh, VR scored from third. We all remember that one. I mean, multiple of those types of things. This team isn't tight. They're not sharp. Hey, guess what? They're not well coached. This is a poorly coached baseball team. It is. Watch them every night. Watch them. Other teams are better coached. Tom Mattingly, way better manager than Joe Girardi. Not even in his league. Not even his ballpark. The job Mattingly did last year with the Marlins is like, a thousand times more impressive than what we've seen from Joe Girardi. Just because they play sharp type baseball. Like, all right, I get it. Players need to make plays, but if you're if you're the manager, what are you there for? If your team's not even gonna like play the game the right way, like what's the point? Are you even here? And then on top of that, like forgetting that it's just this specific team and all that stuff, but how about the fact that Joe Girardi was brought in here as a savior? He's the third highest paid manager in the sport. 
He was brought in to be a difference maker. That's what we were told. This guy's going to make a difference. And he has just a bad one. He's made a difference, all right. A bad difference. A negative difference. He's helped them lose games. It is astounding how bad he's been. Honestly, I when he came in, I was excited about the hire. Flat out. I thought it was bringing in a, 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 someone with some pedigree in. Someone who can step into that clubhouse and say, yo, 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 look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I'm a World Series champion. I've been through it. I've been in this league for over 30 years. Listen to me. I will guide you. I will show you the right way to play the game. I will be, get you prepared every night to play. Like, that's what I thought they were getting. It's been none of that. It's been a guy who seems lifeless and helpless, grasping at straws. Oh, yeah, I forgot to even mention the, the whole, like, I'm not talking to the media thing anymore. Like, the softest soft of all soft. I'm just so tired of it. I'm so tired of Joe Girardi. I'm so done with this guy right now. Like, Honestly, I, I honest, and again, I don't think they will do it. But I think Joe Girardi's on the hot seat. In my mind, he should be. He should absolutely be on the hot seat. If this team doesn't turn it around, if this team doesn't find a way to be over 500, because like playoffs, I mean, yeah, obviously I want them to be in playoffs, right? I mean, we all do, but I mean, let's be real. This isn't a playoff team right now. They're just not. I think they should sell at the deadline. I mean, I said that yesterday. I'm, I'm even more convinced of it now. Like trade Zach Wheeler, trade Reese Hoskins. Trade whoever you can. Maybe Didi comes back and gives you a good two weeks before the deadline. You could trade him. Probably not because the contract next year. I mean, like, I, I would trade everybody that I could. I really would. I, this Again, we've talked so much about this franchise and this team and where they're at, and, and it's just clearer and clearer that they need a youth movement. They need to rebuild. <laughs> sounds horrible. It sounds awful. It sounds ridiculous because of what we've been through and where we're at, but, but it's Probably the smartest thing for the franchise. Get some freaking young studs. I mean, if you trade Zach Wheeler now, um, based on the season he's having and the now seemingly incredibly team-friendly contract that he's on for the next three years, I mean, you could get one of the best prospects in baseball for him, theoretically, if there's the right team in the right situation. I mean, you could get a real deal franchise-changing prospect. I mean, I feel like you have to at this point, the way this team is. Unless, again, over the next month they, they turn around, which, you know, come on. I, I don't know why they would. And certainly not with Joe Girardi at the helm. When have they shown that they're going to do that? I mean, this is a lifeless team that night after night after night blows games, doesn't play good defense, doesn't play smart baseball. They're just, they're brutal. They're brutal to watch. They're an underachieving team from the top down. Underachieving. And it all falls in Girardi's head to start. I, like, why else is he here? Difference maker Joe Girardi. All right, let's see how the other difference maker was brought in who gets way more of a pass than Girardi, but has certainly not made a difference. And that's Dave Dombrowski. Dombrowski also brought in as the pedigree guy. The guy who can come in and say, I have built World Series champions. And he has. Now, the philosophy through which they were built a little different than what the Phillies might need now. Now, it felt like the hire was the right hire for a team that was ready to take the next step. I don't think we're there. I think that's a problem. And look, I, I, 
I hope we have the right general manager for the job that's going to need to be done here. Uh, we'll find out. Look, uh, you go back to the moves this offseason again, and, and uh, not a full pass for Dombrowski, but a partial pass for the fact that he was hired you know, a month or two into the offseason or whatever it was, and other moves have been made and all that. But, like, the moves he did make, I mean, not great, right? I mean, the Jose Alvarado trade, you can say it's a good one. Alvarado has been super hit or miss, as we know. You know, really can't count on that guy at all. But they trade away Garrett Clevenger for him. That's fine. That's a fine deal. Now, the Sam Coonrod trade, and Coonrod looked really good to start and then just fell apart and now is hurt, and we'll see where that goes. But I'd say more bad than good from Coonrod for sure lately. Um, the the kid that gave up Carson Ragsdale looks like he's going to be a stud, <laughs> like a stud starting pitcher. It looks like that is looking like it could be a really bad trade. Like Ragsdale could be a three somewhere or something. You know, he's he looks pretty legit. Um, we'll see what happens, but that looks like a actively bad trade. Um, so that's one. Uh, the Matt Moore and Chase Anderson signings. I mean, geez, right? I mean, what a what a waste of $7 million. $7 million. Think about this. Kyle Schwarber, the star of baseball over the last couple weeks. He of the 16 home runs in 18 games, 12 home runs in 10 games. Like, the dude has like 26 homers on the season or whatever. Kyle Schwarber, one-year $10 million contract. Just saying. Just saying. Taiwan Walker. Acing it up for the Mets, like being awesome for the Mets. One year, $10 million contract. Just saying. The moves Dombrowski made were bad. They were. They were. His job was to come in and fix up the bullpen and add a fourth and fifth starter, and he failed in both of those respects. He failed. Flat out. This bullpen is one of the worst in baseball. I mean, it might be the worst. I haven't looked at the numbers recently. Feels like the worst yet again. I mean, there's not a single guy you can count on. There's not one. I mean, Ranger Suarez. Okay. So a failed starter who is like a multi-inning help-you-out guy is the only reliever you feel somewhat confident in when he comes in the game. That's it. That's it. I mean, Neris, I used to feel confident. Can't anymore. Brogdon, same thing. Used to love that guy. Don't feel confident at all when he comes in. Obviously, Alvarado, you can never feel confident when that guy comes in. Coonrod hurt now, but certainly don't feel confident when he comes in. Obviously, Eniel De Los Santos, Neftali Feliz, all these guys. I mean, oh, obviously, clearly, you don't feel confident when these guys come in. The bullpen's bad. And that's on Dabrowski. It is. It's on Dabrowski. Those are the moves he made. And again, I will give him a bit of a pass because he joined late and was kind of thrown into it. Which, honestly, if we're going to go back to it, that's on Middleton. You know, the idea that he moves so slowly with his decision-making to get rid of Andy McPhail, to get rid of Matt Klintak. Like, you know, that's on Middleton. It took him too long to act. I mean, in reality, what he really should have done was fire Klintak the year before. We all know that. And hired Chaim Bloom, who, you know, crushing it with the Red Sox. No biggie. And, and just in general, look, we'll see what happens with Dabrowski. Dabrowski does have pedigree. He has uh, success in Major League Baseball. I just think... When you look at this team and what they need, I think they would have been better suited to hire one of these guys like the Giants hired and Farhan Zahidi or, or the Red Sox hired and Chaim Bloom, you know, one of these Dodgers or Rays devotees, one of these guys who is a number two or a number three at those teams who 
or a, or a really high functioning analytic team, whether it's the A's or the Indians or one of these teams that have year after year after year after year organizational success based on their methodology, on their process, on the way they go about their business. Year after year after year after year, every year the Indians compete. Every year the A's compete. Every year the Rays are one of the best teams in baseball. All three of those franchises spend a fraction, a fraction of what the Phillies spend, like a quarter in the Rays case. Like, why not go out and hire a guy who's proven that with that type of budget, he can win 90 games. Like, why? Regardless, that's a separate discussion. The bigger discussion is Dombrowski's on the clock right now. Not not job-wise. I mean, in terms of, like, my man needs to do some things. And the trade deadline's coming up, so it's Dombrowski time. He has to make a real, rational judgment of this team. And then he has to be able to convey that to John Middleton. Because John Middleton has has been a part of setting this team, um, the the message from this team to the fan base that that now's the time, and it's from the top down as we know. And look, by hiring Dombrowski and by hiring Girardi, again, you know, you you don't rip Middleton for that. I mean, even though Girardi looks like a bad hire, but you know, I get it. I think we all wanted Girardi. I think Girardi's just way more disappointed than anyone thought. But the team has, has, with the moves, with the Bryce Harper signing, with all these things, and again, these are not, I'm not ripping Middleton for these, but I am saying that by doing all this stuff, and I appreciate after this long of losing, he's trying to turn the corner, uh, but you know, at a certain point, you have to. it's a sobering thing. You have to stop it and look and say, where are we? Who are we? Who do we have? What do we have? What's our future? Where do we go from here? What kind of moves need to be made to bring us success next year, the year after, the year after? Sustained success. And obviously we know drafting and developing is it. We know. You know how many times have we talked about it? We know. Um, but a big part of that is also looking at the major league roster and looking at your club and saying, is this good enough? And if it's not, having the, the stones to make big moves, to make gutsy moves to be able to look at the situation and say, this is what it is. We need to be real with the situation we're in and say, this is not a good enough team. This team is not close to winning world series right now. They're not. And we're spending all this money, all these resources into trying to win right now. And it's not good enough. It's not close to good enough. They're four games under 500. They lose to the Marlins like it's it's nothing around the reg. They almost blew the game two nights ago against the Marlins. They should be 0-2 in this series. They should have lost the series already. And now, coming up, you got the Padres, the Cubs, and the Red Sox? What? Three teams that are light years better than you? Look, I, I know it's not easy, and I'm sure it's not easy for John Middleton to look at this and accept the fact of where they are, but as of right now on July 1st, and again, they have 30 days, essentially, 31 days, 30 days to, to, to change this, to change this narrative, to change this belief, and to somehow find some fight, this group, some, some toughness, some, you know, seeming like they care, but, I mean, again, they got one more against tomorrow and tonight, and then it's, it's 10 against... Winning teams, seven of which on the road. 
you know, I just think it's highly unlikely they're going to be a competitive team come the end of July. But that's what that's this is it. This is their chance to prove it. And then Dabrowski could add maybe, but I I honestly think that come the end of July we're going to say trade people. Let's go. This is not a good enough team because they're not. They're not a good enough team. But look, they got eleven games for me to show me because they're against good teams. I am not expecting it, but that's what it is. Tonight starts with Eflin against Pablo Lopez. Eflin coming off a nice start. Pablo Lopez coming off a bunch of nice starts. That dude's awesome. He's been great for them this year. So tough matchup there. You got then the Padres come to town. Wheeler versus Paddock. It's a fun matchup. Uh, Matt Moore versus you Darvish on Saturday. That should be awesome. And then Sunday. Velasquez coming off his best start against Blake Snell. And then you got four in Colorado, or excuse me, four in Chicago, and then three in Boston. And we're in the All-Star break, so. Massive stretch. The season, like, a, in a, you know, really, season could come down to this stretch of baseball here because, you know, after the All-Star break, you come back, it's two weeks till the trade deadline. So, big stuff. I'm not expecting anything from this team, and, man, I really hope they prove me wrong. Either way, I will miss talking to you guys for a few days. Again, I will be back next week. Uh, and everyone, happy, happy July 4th. I hope everyone has a much happier July 4th than it's been watching Phillies baseball lately. And maybe while I'm gone, the Phillies find some magic. Wouldn't that be cool? Again, either way, everyone, have a happy and healthy 4th, and I will talk to you next week. So thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.